Hello and welcome to the Blair Upper Cervical Podcast, a show where we interview top Blair Upper Cervical chiropractors to glean their insights, tips, and passion. In each episode, your hosts, Dr. Kevin Pekka and Dr. John Stenberg, bring something unique and inspiring to help you grow and succeed. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Blair Technique Podcast with Dr. Kevin Pekka. Um, it's been a while since we've done just the show together and, and some stuff has changed in practice for you. And so I wanted to talk about uh, some of the evolution of Montclair Upper Cervical. And you guys, the cool thing about your practice is it's sort of a multi-generational family practice that then you came into. And now at this point, you're expanding the practice, bringing another doctor in. And so that's some of the, the cool, exciting things that happen, you know, in upper cervical care. And we want to give folks an idea of your journey with basically hiring your first associate, you know, bringing a doctor in because you've been on the, you've sort of been on the, on the other side of that, which is when Dr. Meg brought you in, took you under her wing, trained you up, got you integrated into the practice. And now you're doing the same thing. So a uh, really cool sort of to see you go through that phase of practice and hoping we can add some value. I know there's a lot of, uh, students that listen, a lot of young docs that listen, folks that might be interested in adding an associate, folks that are in an associate position that might be listening. So um, we can't possibly go through every detail of all the ups and downs and right and wrong ways to do this, but really curious to just kind of learn from your journey and uh, everything that you guys are sort of even still working on. Because at this point- Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. At, at this point, Jeff's been there for about seven months. Seven months. Yeah. Yeah. So I am, I am uh, in no way, shape or form an absolute expert on this topic, but we have done really well over the first seven months. And just to jump back a little bit with Dr. Banich, I actually started as an independent contractor rather than an associate. Mm. And I think um, those uh, it's, there's two different avenues. If you're a student looking to go down, if you're a real go-getter and, uh, you're comfortable with bringing patients in the door and you're ready to go. That might not be a bad position for you because, um, you know, it's whatever percentage you and the doctor agree on. It's, it's kind of like having your own practice within a practice, Yeah, which is, which is really nice. Um, so that's the road I went with the understanding that I knew I was taking over that practice within a year. So it, it really worked out. Um, and kind of touch on what, uh, me and Dr. John were, uh, just discussing before, I think it's very, the one of the most important thing is, is to be very upfront with each other before you even enter this relationship. If you're a student coming out of the school, don't, don't lie to the doctor that, you know, if he's looking for you to be four or five years and you know, in your mind, you only want to be there for six months to a year, that's not going to be a very good fit for either one of you. And you're going to find that out really quick. So I wouldn't take a job just to take a job. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't lie to uh, the the person you're going to work for. I think uh, upfront <clears throat> honesty is going to be the best for both parties to continue that relationship. Because, yeah. John, me and you have both seen good associates uh, work out very well. We've seen it go the other way, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and along with that, I mean, this kind of seems like obvious, but definitely have contracts in place, you know, get this stuff down in writing so that there's an agreed upon, you know, terms and conditions of employment, basically. I'm actually glad you brought that up. That was one of uh, the things I wrote down for this talk. You definitely want to spend the extra money if you're a doctor to get that lawyer and contract in place, because if it goes south, it's uh, there's nothing you can do to prevent it. 
So um, it's it's a little it's it's extra money to shell out. But I've talking I spoke to several people about this. Mostly everybody gets a lawyer, gets it um, in concrete writing uh, what the contract lays out. And it's very important to do that. Especially because we're talking about, you know, a working relationship. You know, you've got two people that, you know, could be in different places or on different pages, different levels of experience or understanding. I mean, the nice thing about that, it's kind of like your systems and procedures in your practice. It's like we have this document that outlines how things go. That takes sort of the personal aspect out of it. It's like these are this is the document that we agreed upon. These are the terms here that we're, you know, equally invested in. And that way it's not a you know, personal dispute type situation if you do run into, uh, you know, any type of issue, but. And um, if you have, like, if if some of your, like a lot of my mentors are out in California, um, they've sent me copies of their, uh, of what their contract looks like, which some of will not hold up in New Jersey. Hmm. So um, you have to make sure those laws are specific for your state. So don't just copy and paste somebody else's contract either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're getting into some of the details. I'd like to get more detail here in a little bit. But first of all, um, there's a lot of different reasons why people want to hire associates anyway. Um, so I'm curious your thought process. You know, when it got to the point where you started searching for an associate, what was the motivation with that? Uh, to be 100% honest, the motivation was quality of life. I was getting so burnt out. Um, uh, by the time I got done on Saturday mornings with my 11 o'clock shift, I was so tired. I wouldn't do anything over the weekend because I, I saw so many people and that playing out over the course of a couple of years. Um, I, th- I threw my back out four times in from 2019 to 2021, like bedridden. Mm. Um, and so my quality of life was uh, I wasn't taking any time for myself. I was just uh, working. The practice was going very well, very successful, but um, my personal life was just non-existent. I was working too hard. My body was literally breaking down on me and um, I needed to make a change because what I was doing was not sustainable. Yeah. I was going to say the sustainability part of that isn't really good for your patients either. So if you've got all these folks coming in and you've developed a reputation online in your community, wherever, and you've got folks that are eager to come in and get the help that they need, if you're not in a position to handle that, Absolutely. It's not good for them. And so it's, you know, it, hopefully folks and, and folks that know, you know, you're not selfish. So like, hopefully that doesn't come off, you know, in a way that folks are, you know, thinking, well, he just wants to work less. It's not that it's about what you do and how well you do it. Absolutely. And there's, and we all have a limit to that. You know, we all have capacity issues that you bump up against and, and there's different ways that you can work around that. Either you scale back and start a waiting list, you bring someone else in, or you just keep, the nose of the grindstone until you can't yep. anymore, but I don't yep. think that's the right way. Absolutely. I mean, and just to give you an example, I was bedridden for four or five days on one of those low backs. So I had to almost cancel a week of uh, treatment and it's just, uh, that's not good for the doctor, the patients, um, anybody. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Well, I mean, it makes good sense. And, and that's again, one of those things that you want to talk with your prospective associate doc about, because that may you know, alter the weekly schedule, right? I mean, how much one-on-one attention you're going to have with them at, at a certain point, you know, might be more limited than, um, you know, what they're anticipating. So again, this comes back to open lines of communication with, you know, the the prospects in the very beginning so that you guys aren't, you know, bumping up against different expectations when you get into the swing of things. Because once someone gets up to speed, 
and you can let them spin, you know, that's, that's ideal, but you still, you got to maintain that working relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. How, so how'd you, how did you find a doc? I know that we've got, you know, Tracy set up job fairs, you know, has been participating in those things. We've got uh, Dr. Mercedes Cook and Dr. Becky Ellis, our, our college liaisons, they're working to help connect students with employment opportunities. Uh, and we all, you know, run into issues where there's just not enough Blair doctors around. So when we've got a big demand and a limited supply, how did you get your associate uh, in the pipeline there? So I think I, I started just doing um, the regular avenues. A lot of people do. They'll make a Facebook post. They'll put a face. Uh, we're hiring on our Facebook page. Uh, I made a video to share on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and zero bites, nothing, um, absolutely nothing. And people like it was more like it was more for the Blair, all the Blair doctors knew I was hiring, but wasn't really reaching the students or there weren't any students um, that were coming across uh, for me at least. So I started reaching out to, um, I reached out to Dr. Jeff, who my associate is now. Um, and you know what helped me the most? I started contacting other Blair doctors that maybe, um, maybe they knew somebody and that's when the doors started opening. So hmm. I remember I, I reached out to Dr. Brian Mel in Tom's River, who's about an hour from me. I think I was just talking about it one time when we were checking each other. And he's like, oh, I, I actually know one person that's looking for a Blair, um, a Blair internship or a Blair associateship. And so I spoke with her over the phone and she didn't really seem like she was too gung ho about it. And so I, I had an expectation. She had a different one and it just, it didn't seem like a good fit. So that kind of fizzled out. And then I reached out to Dr. Jeff Scott, who's my associate now, um, just because I knew he was a really good doctor. He was doing uh, the Blair upper cervical work about three or four years ago. Uh, my old uh, boss and mentor, Dr. Meg Banich was actually teaching him and his whole bo old boss, the Blair work. So he was familiar with it. He was doing it. I reached out. I told him, Hey, I'm looking for another, uh, I'm looking to bring an associate into the practice. Are you interested? And he said, no, I am actually very happy at my current job. Thank you so much for thinking of me. And I said, well, Jeff, thanks for responding. You were the per first person I thought of. If anything changes, please reach out. So that was another dead end. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just kept, kept an open mind. Wasn't getting, um, many more bites. Um, I asked a couple a couple college students or uh, chiropractic students would message me on Instagram and say, Hey, I have some questions about Blair. And then once they were done asking me questions, I was like, Hey, are you looking for um, a job? And, you know, some would say, Oh yeah, but I'm looking to practice in my home state. So make a long story short. Um, I got very frustrated one day. And um, one of the main things that helped me out was Dr. Drew Hall. He said, uh, I don't know if you believe in journaling or writing, but he said, write down exactly what you want, be extremely specific and look at it every day and believe it. And I think I, I did that in uh, the last week of May or the beginning of May. And I started journaling, writing down what I wanted. And I was like, please, God, universe, send me a sign that this is going to work out. And, uh, that day, like uh, Dr. Jeff texted me while I got into the office, hey, is that job still available? <laughs> so um, 
it's it's funny how things work out. Wow. It's funny. It's funny how you run into a lot of dead ends and everything. But um, so he wanted to shadow Dr. Jeff shadowed. He liked the position. And then, um, you know, once you get the once you get the associateship, you also have to be ready. You have yeah. to have you have to have that contract. Almost, if you're thinking about getting an associate, get that lawyer first to write the contract out because you don't want to just be grabbing straws. Um, when you do get the person, you actually have to have the systems in place. So, um, uh, Dr. Jeff started about three or four weeks after he started shadowing me and it, it became a very good fit. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think there's a couple important points there, you know, number one, that clarity, cause it's just like anything in life, the more specific you can be with what you're trying to accomplish, the more likely you are to get it. And the second part is the, the preparation ahead of time, which is like, okay, let's say, you, you start casually looking and you're putting out feelers that, well, I might be taking an associate. And you, if you don't have any of the systems in place to actually bring them in and train them, if you get some rock star person come your way and you're not prepared and you can't handle, you know, getting them in sooner than later, it's like, that could be a really bad opportunity. I had that happen to me two or three years ago. Um, I was just kind of like talking to people about wanting an associate. Um, this, this really talented doctor Facebook messaged me. Um, she came in, she was training. I had no idea what I wanted to pay this doctor, how often she should come in, um, yeah. what it was going to look like. And I was just, she would come in and be like, Hey, you're really good. Let's do this. And, uh, she's like, perfect. And so she was coming for training and then she was training for like two months. I wasn't paying her cause I had no idea what I was doing. And around the two month mark, she was like, uh, listen, thank you for the opportunity, but, um, I think I'm just going to start my own practice, uh, where in New York. And I was like, damn, like I didn't have any of my systems in place. Yeah. I didn't tell her how much I was going to pay. I just told her, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And that was a good opportunity that I got away that, you know, worked out in the long run, but perfect example of be ready. Yeah. And that's the kind of, I guess the kind of prep work you would want to get you know, get your head wrapped around and get in order before you even really start in on it. And I know because we've talked about this offline. I know you didn't just kind of like come up with all this stuff by yourself. You definitely had some help in orienting yourself with like these different policies and fee structures or uh, compensation and things like that. And then I think you told me that you did some uh, coaching with Jeff Schulten to get some of that. In yeah, order. I, I did chiropractic coaching with one of the uh, best upper cervical docs, Dr. Jeff Schulten up in Canada. I, I messaged and talked to probably at least five very respectable upper cervical doctors that had associates. It's funny. Everybody's got their different little take on things and you kind of just have to pick which parts you like and make it your own. But, oh man, I would talk to as many people as you can in that yeah. instance. Yeah. With that type of conversation, it seems like what you would want to really pay attention to is the things they all have in common. Like what do they all say? I mean, here's the things that are maybe a little personality based, but what are the, uh, you know, the principles that they're all wrapping that around and how do you implement those in your own situation? Yeah. And I mean, the main thing that I got out of from all of them is why do you want an associate? Um, do you want it so you can take more time? Do you want it to make more money? Um, you know, it's, it's, you have to, you have to know why you want that associate because, you know, if you can, you can always hire a chiropractic assistant if you just need help with like little things around the office and, and, and things like that. Or do you actually need another doctor 
in there because you're running out of space. You're running out of, you need to see more people. Uh, there's, there's definitely some things you have to ask yourself. Well, it seems like most of the folks that I've talked to when they bring in associates, it's not like it's less work, you yeah. know, um, it's, I guess it would be easy at first glance to think like, oh, great. I'll just bring someone else in here, train them up. They'll do all the work. But um, I don't think that's the case. You know, the really successful associateships that we've observed require a lot of training, you know, and a lot of Absolutely. development, a lot of mentorship and a lot of work. So what has changed in your office as you guys kind of then brought this other person in? Cause you've got to get them integrated in your systems. You got to let them be himself, but also do things the way you guys do it. And how did you guys onboard and, and start that process? And what did you have so, to change in the office? Everything, everything changed. You have a, you have a, a, a you have two doctors in your practice instead of one. Um, and so you have a completely new schedule that you have to look after. But first and foremost, when you're looking for an associate, I think number one thing is, do you genuinely like the person you're hiring? Because you are going to be spending every day with this person. Um, do you like them? Do you think your patients are going to like them? Because uh, if you have an associate that you that maybe you don't like, if that's maybe not uh, as geared to your patients as you'd like, you're not going to be able to have your patient see him or her. And so it's really going to be a useless contract that's not going to work out. But um, so to to how did we start out with Dr. Jeff? So when Dr. Jeff first came in, the first the first two, three months, he was checking every single leg check that walked in the door. He was hands-on from day one. I would say, hey, uh, listen, Maria, this is Dr. Jeff. He's going to check your leg length first today, then I'm going to check it right after. So by the end of three months, he saw thousands of leg checks being done every week. And he knew exactly what that patient's pattern was and everything. Yeah. And, you know, that can be a very challenging thing. Um, leg, leg checks in general, there's so many different minute things that can, that can change. So yeah. um, I got him hands on with as many people, Titron scanning, leg checks, um, even setting the person up on the table. Hmm. Um, so he was ready to go in the train after the training phase, he was completely ready to all he needed was uh, time to learn the adjustments because he was doing everything up until the adjustment, um, which is something I did in Dr. Hafer's office when with my internship, she had me do every single leg check um, that walked in the door, every scan. And that really goes a long way. That's great. I That makes a lot of sense. I don't know that I would have thought about doing it that way but um yeah you want them to be strong in analysis right i mean adjusting right. cut that comes but like you really want them to be sharp and checking and knowing when to adjust when not to adjust what to do what not to do and that's 90 percent of you know the work and then once you get to the point of doing the adjustments you know you can develop those skills and it also makes your current patients very comfortable with that person they're already they're not doing the adjustment but they're doing everything else yeah so that's a good the, way to put so it so when you're not there it's like Dr. Jeff has already checked your leg length. He's done your scan. He knows exactly what is looking. He's going to take good care of you. And they feel comfortable with that. Cool. Yeah. It's a, you know, that's the thing that I think makes me the most nervous about something like that is trusting your people with someone else, right? It's like mm -hmm. you work hard to build trust and rapport and to get good results with folks and communicate with them in a way that, you, you know, resonates with them, but also is true and authentic to you. 
then you have someone else come out of left field and, and sort of join the conversation. I could see where there would be, you know, potentially some, uh, you know, sticky situations where it's like, who's the guy here? You know, who am yeah. I listening to? Who do I trust? Like, where am I at with all this? Absolutely. So if you guys have found a way to sort of seamlessly integrate him into the culture of the practice and the patient interactions, then, you know, that's a huge thing. That's uh, that's another good point you just brought up. I never call Dr. Jeff, my associate. He is the other doctor in mm. our practice. Um, you know how sometimes, um, you can give somebody the adjustment and, um, you know, sometimes people come back like, ah, that didn't feel quite right. I'm a little sore after the other one. Um, if that ever happens with Dr. Jeff, I have his back hundred percent of the time. I would never throw him under the bus. Of like, oh, that's, that's cause you got to adjust from him. Come see me. And it will, <laughs> it will like, yeah. never, uh, some of the best advice I got from Dr. Jeff Schulton is like, have your associates back with everything. Yeah. Um, Set you like take a hundred percent responsibility. Like, oh, that could have happened uh, if I gave you the adjustment. Um, he's a good doctor. He's my he's my chiropractor. I trust him with my neck. Yeah. Um, let's just see what's going on today because that that could have been um, a fluke. So yeah. Um, always having your associates back with anything like that is 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 great advice. And like I said, the uh, with my patients, Doctor Jeff is not my associate. He is the other doctor in this practice. Um, and I think that that helps trans transition patients to him as well. Yeah. I like that. I mean, you're setting him up to be, um, perceived in the eyes of your patients as an expert, just like you are, yeah. you know, which is awesome. He's not like Dr. Junior, you know, yeah, like exactly. your little sidekick that, you know, just kind of does what you don't want to do. That's not the way you're handling it. Absolutely. And Jeff's got good skills. So that's not the way yeah. it works. He's an awesome guy. So very and, cool. Um, with the initial exams and everything, um, I was doing everything he was watching. And then, when he told me he felt comfortable doing the history and then the leg check and then setting people up in the x-ray chair little by little he was doing that until he was completely confident with uh doing um the exams and everything and now he he is adjusting um patients i don't i don't even see them until the second visit sometimes because I'm, I'm i have complete trust in what he does and he trusts in his own skills so little by little you get there Excellent. Now, are you finding at this point now, after seven, six, seven months here, are you finding that the quality of life aspect of it is improving for you? I mean, are you still working pretty hard to get him up to speed or is that started to pay off? So, um, one of the, one of the, in the, one of the information or tips I got from once, you know, your associate is ready, he, you and you and him both feel confident and competent and comfortable take a vacation um and let him do his thing and get the people um acclimated to him so i bet i think about three months in i took a a vacation i haven't taken in a long time and it was the first time where i was away and the office was open and i knew my patients were being taken very good care of and um that's i mean as you know you uh john if you're not there you uh your practice shuts down, people are not being seen. And right. um, it's, it's comforting to know that uh, people are in good hands when you're gone. So um, when I came back, there was no issues, everybody was very happy. Um, and things um, <laughs> resumed uh, very well. So another thing I did as I took Friday afternoons off, that was one of the shifts that really burnt me out because I work Saturday morning as well. So um, that has really refreshed me. Um, 
I am. Yeah, I've I haven't taken too much more time off. Uh, he, Doctor Jeff, helps out with my overflow, and he sees his own patients. So I'm not getting. There be days where at the end of the day, I'm 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 just going home, throwing my bag down, hitting the couch, and not getting up for an hour or two. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, Doctor Jeff, he he helps me with my overflow. He he takes a lot of the load off off my back and um it's been balanced it's way more balanced in my life and yeah we're going to transition a little bit more we're going to transition the schedule to even more but it's uh it's been a lot more balanced for sure that's excellent i think you know as you get into stuff like that you'll have to iterate a few times you know as far as the schedule and how you handle new patients and just the way that you guys work those systems out as you get into a rhythm, especially with your first associate. I mean, I know there's a lot that you guys are both learning in real time. Um, you know, and as long as you're, uh, both on the same page with whatever changes you need to make and it's in the best interest of your patients, it'll work out. But yeah. uh, I can imagine it's definitely not a plug and play type situation for most people where you just plop somebody in there and then, you know, take, take yourself out of the practice. There's definitely going to be you know, ebbs right. and flows and a lot of work to be done to get them up to speed. But then also you're still working, you know, you're still yeah, there to see all your people. So. I mean, if you think you're just going to remove yourself from slots in your schedule, you can do that, but watch your, watch those slots completely die. Yeah. Like yeah. there, uh, if you've had like 20 people in some of your afternoon slots and you say, Hey, listen, I'm not working afternoons or I'm not working Saturdays anymore. People aren't just going to show up in that slot when you're not there. They're going to be very, weary about coming in and you're going to see that slot shrink, shrink, shrink. And then you're going to be like, Oh damn, I have to go back to that spot. So, yeah. um, you don't want to change the schedule too much in the beginning. You might want to add, like add a slot. Like if you don't work Friday afternoon, give the associate that slot and maybe don't tell your front desk staff that we're going to start putting you in that slot. Cause, um, my front desk was looking for more hours. Um, so, I said, we're not going to put you in this slot until Dr. Jeff starts seeing 10 people because I'm not going to put you in this slot when there's only two people showing up. Yeah. So um, we gave him an open slot in the schedule, a couple open slots in the schedule where he's working by himself. He's seeing his own patients and slowly but surely every couple of weeks, it grows and grows and grows. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that way it's, it's showing the patients that you're actually expanding. You know, yeah. you're providing more opportunities for them rather than you know, the opposite, which is, you know, contracting and removing opportunities because inevitably there are going to be people that just want to see you, right? If they've been coming right. to see you for three years, they yeah. might love Jeff, they might trust him, but they're going to always want to schedule with Dr. Kevin, right? right? And that there'll be some time where I imagine there's, um, you know, a certain amount of new patients that just come in with both of you there. And that's how they know your practice yeah. to the point where it changes those dynamics and those relationships over time to the point where it's, you know, maybe less of an issue, but in the I meantime, get that. that's how, that's how I am as a patient. Like, Oh, I started seeing you, you're, I don't trust too many people with my neck. Like you're, you gotta be the one that's, you're going to have so many patients say that. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to be able to accommodate them. Right. Cause yeah. you don't want to you know, put them in a position where they have to pick, right. It's yeah. like either they don't come in or they, or they see you and uh, you know, it's, it's, we always want to put patients in a position to be successful. And so not putting barriers to, you know, being consistent with care is a big part of that. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Is there, um, looking back now, and obviously it's not a finished project, but is there anything you would have done differently over those first six or seven months? Um, let's see. Would I have done anything differently? Um, 
with the way things have been going, um, I don't think I would have done anything differently. Um, I think it was, I was part of the reason why it worked out so well is because, uh, Dr. Jeff was a, he was a chiropractor for four years. He did upper cervical for a year. So I wasn't completely starting from scratch. And like, I didn't really need to teach him Blair. I just needed to catch him back up to speed. So I got really lucky in that sense. I could imagine if you're teaching everything from day one, that's going to be a much longer training process and you're not going to see any returns in that probably for eight or nine months when you're starting from scratch. So, um, Dr. Jeff knew the, knew the Blair work on day one. He actually adjust my neck came out the first day he was there and he actually adjusted me. So, um, it wasn't like it was, uh, uh, I have no idea what upper cervical is. You need to teach me everything. I can see that being a lot, but it wasn't, that wasn't the case. Yeah, that's awesome. A litmus test right there. First day, adjust the clinic owner. It's like, hey, man, I need you now, you know, and so no time to be nervous, no time to hold back. Let's get after it. And uh, for anybody that was at the annual conference this year, Jeff came along, Dr. Jeff, got to meet him, hang out with you guys a little bit. I mean, he's just an awesome guy. I could tell that you guys have a good synergy, a good working relationship, a very authentic guy, very down to earth guy, sharp guy, good technique, all that stuff. I mean, it's really cool to see you know, see him become part of the team. Cause just watching mm. you guys interact, you could just tell it's a good thing. Yeah. And I, I can see it. Like if, uh, if Jeff had like a big ego and like, like he's, he's not trying to steal any patients from like, from me, I'm not trying to steal any patients from him. It's a very mutual thing where, uh, I actually had this one woman, uh, fibromyalgia patient who, who was doing pretty good under my care. And, um, she hit a little bit of a speed bump where, um, we were adjusting her like three, the last three or four times she was in. And I think I was away and Dr. Jeff saw her and she, she comes back in the next week and she's like, my migraines are gone. Like you, you cured my migraines. And, um, she was one of my toughest patients Mm. and, um, she sees Dr. Jeff now. And I have absolutely no, I don't care how you get better. I just want you to get better. And it's, it's, it's under my roof. So what do I care? And so that woman, uh, she, she sees Dr. Jeff every week. She's so happy. She, I mean, obviously she was happy with my care, but, um, it's, uh, she, her, her eyes light up when she sees Dr. Jeff because her migraines are gone. So it's like, I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to take that patient back just because, uh, it didn't happen, um, under me. So I was, I was thrilled with that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting when those things happen. Cause I can see where people might start interfering with that, but I think yeah. it's all, I think it's all good. What a cool thing to observe in your own office, you know, that there's yeah. folks that are coming from help that you didn't have to be the only one to be able to provide that opportunity. Mm. I mean, that's just gotta be rewarding in a, in a totally different way, which is, you know, the expansion of your influence through your associate doc is huge. Well, you know what the coolest thing for me was we all have those patients where we're like, is this the right adjustment here? Am I, am I really reading this leg check? Right. Um, so with my, uh, Dr. Jeff's a very competent guy in the upper cervical work. We've been double checking. Like once, once we, if we have a new patient, I always have him. I don't tell him what I find. I have him do his analysis. We coordinate and then we make the adjustment. And that has been getting so many people just double checking each other's work. Um, because there was, there was some people I was questioning, you know, is this the right adjustment? Um, are you seeing anything different? And there's been a couple cases where 
um, we found a couple different things and I've done a couple things that he's recommended and it's, it's been so good for our patients having that double check. Um, that's, that's the, one of the biggest eye-opening things that I can't, uh, that's been so rewarding in the practice is having somebody, you know, when you wake up some days and you see, you look at the schedule and you see these, like there's two or three people in there, you're like, ah. <laughs> it, yeah. it, uh, it takes the load off your shoulders when you have two people looking at it and it, it gets a lot of people better is what I found. Man. And, and talk about value to the patient. I mean, how many places do you go and get a second doctor to weigh in, you know, and provide a second opinion because they're that focused on, you know, making sure that you get the best possible results. And sometimes with these people that are tricky, you get so stuck in your head. And so yes, all mixed up, like having that objective third party to come in with just a fresh set of eyes and look at that situation and, and maybe find something that, you know, but you just were too close to Absolutely. it to identify it's huge. Too close, too close is the perfect word. Um, also Dr. Jeff came from an activator office. So everybody that's re doing really well upper cervically, but has still some lingering stuff in the SI joint or the shoulders. He's been doing a couple activator checks on them and you know, just doing a couple clicks, um, in the lower part of, uh, the spine and people have been, oh man, it's been helping people hold a lot longer. I know that's, we're not really going to get too much into that here, but it's, yeah. um, that's, that's been, that's been very helpful too. Yeah. The cool thing about associate docs, you know, and, and the situations that I think of, you know, in our Blair community that are really successful, it's like they provide value in several different ways you know, not just as someone there to do all your exams for you, not as just someone to, you know, do your work when you want to go away, but to provide different insights, provide different perspectives, to bring their own strengths to the table and, and make the team more well-rounded and all those kinds of things. And that's, that's where I think the real excitement, you know, and thinking about bringing in associates and expanding is, uh, is there. It's, you know, that collaborative nature, just like we all get excited in seminars or when you're at the conference and you're like bouncing ideas off each other, having that day-to-day is really appealing to me. And yeah. I can see that you guys are, are taking full advantage, which is awesome. Absolutely. It makes work a little bit more enjoyable. Um, it's, it makes it a little lighter. For How's sure. the um, integration of a new doctor with your staff worked out? I mean, how did all that work? Um, it's, it's been great. Um, so he's, you know, sometimes I'm so focused on doing my thing in the back, in the back room where he, he's almost like the buffer between me and the front desk. You know, mm. um, if there's anything I forget to say, or, uh, sometimes people will text me and I forget to put them in the schedule. My front desk is like, why are these three people here? I was like, Oh, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> and so, uh, Jeff will hear me saying that he'll run up to the front desk. It just little things like that have <laughs> been making the office run a lot smoother. Um, he, I don't like to talk a lot when I'm working back in the office. He, he's a, he tells like dad jokes and like, he's, he's, he makes the office, uh, culture and mood a lot lighter. He's always up front talking to them. Um, it's, it's, it's been very good for the culture for sure. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. Love it, man. Um, well, wishing you guys continued success. Um, looking forward to connecting with Jeff again at a future seminar or conference, seeing you guys uh, continue to grow together and grow that practice. And, you know, who knows what, opportunities that may present in the future, yeah. whether it's more associates, different locations, you know, whatever that, that might evolve into really excited to see you guys working it out and uh, appreciate you, know, you sharing a lot of uh, the details of your journey. Cause I know sometimes one of, the, uh, one of the most important details I got for how do you know, when you need an associate mm. um, doctor, I had Dr. Bill Davis on my podcast and he said, this is a guy 
who um he, he you know dr davis he was he he had a thriving upper cervical practice um making a lot of money had a very unfortunate life circumstance went mount, mountain biking flipped over the handlebars and um you know, uh, be, uh, was paralyzed and, um, that was it for his practice. So it was very eye opening hearing this from him. Um, he said any doctor making over make once you hit that $30,000 a month, Mark, you got to start thinking about getting an associate. Um, because, uh, of, from his own experience, like if he had an associate, his practice would have, uh, yeah. kept, kept thriving. Um, but fortunately he's a talented guy and he, he started doing the blog posts and everything. But he said, once a, uh, a doctor is making $30,000 a year, you then have the, uh, you then have the necessary income to pay them appropriately. Mm. And, um, and, you know, keep, keep yourself in a good position, but also pay somebody, um, and get that up to speed. Now you can talk to five or six different doctors and they pay their associates five or six different ways. Yeah. Um, so how you compensate your associate is up to you. But I think once you get that $30,000 a month mark in that sweet spot consistently, I think that's, that's, that's one of the best advices I got is, uh, you know, start thinking about, um, getting your practice to run without you. That's a good benchmark, you know, cause a lot of times the stuff gets to be so up in the air and it's like, well, oh, but really, how do I know, you know, like, yeah. what are the numbers? And that's, that you know, was at least, the most least- eye opening benchmark I heard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for anyone that's not familiar with Dr. Davis's story, I mean, check out the podcast interview that Kevin did on the Expect Miracles podcast. I interviewed him here on the Blair Technique podcast. Uh, so a few episodes back, you can hear from Dr. Davis. Um, and then obviously the upper cervical marketing podcast. I mean, he's had hundreds of interviews with top upper cervical doctors that you can get a sense of his, you know, his heart and his mission, you know, with upper cervical and, and sort of how like you said, how he had to take a, a tragedy and turn it into something that has been very, very exciting and profitable and beneficial for the upper cervical community. So can't uh, say enough good things about Dr. Davis and we appreciate all his hard work and support. Absolutely. And shout out to Dr. Jeff Scholten. Um, uh, if anybody's looking to get uh, coached, um, he's, he's the guy I use. He, uh, he's very, he breaks it down very systematically, very mathematically. Mm. percentage wise of what it takes to run a successful clinic, what it takes to pay the associate doctor, how much, how little, um, I have notes and notes on him from just talking to him a couple of times. So if you are curious about these things, talk to somebody that's been doing it for 15, 20, 25 years, talk yeah. to somebody that has an associate that you like, or even talk to the associate, uh, that will, that will give you some good information too. Yeah. And it all depends on what you want, you know, to go full circle to the start of the conversation. Um, if you want to have someone in long-term, you know, take advice from someone that's had long-term associate relationships, right? right. It's like, seems obvious, but sometimes, you know, we always just, uh, go with what's right in front of us, but seek those relationships out, uh, in order to set you up for success. Um, Dr. Scott Matz has had like a million Blair associates over there in Missoula, Montana, the different phases of his, uh, practicing career. And it's a, big family office. There's, there's a lot of options for folks uh, to, to reference. We had um, on the monthly meetup for December, just a few weeks ago, Dr. Noel Lloyd from Five Star Management, uh, you know, came on and shared his win-win associate program. So for folks that are members of the Blair Technique Membership Association, Tracy did send that recording out. So you can hear from one of the greats in that arena in chiropractic. I think he's probably, I was talking with Tracy about this. He's like indirectly responsible for 
a, probably a couple dozen Blair doctors because he trained a lot of the folks that trained a lot of the associates. And so he's had a big in, impact in our community and his system for doing that. You know, he presented in that, uh, you know, in that meetup. So definitely check that out. If you don't have access to it, to it, email myself or Tracy, and we'll make sure that you get access to the recording. If you're not a member of the Blair Technique Membership Association, get plugged in with that because we've got a ton of resources available to members as benefits, you know, along these lines. So check all that stuff out. Uh, and, and that'll get you, that'll get you halfway started. John, what was some of your big takeaways from uh, that episode? I actually wasn't able to attend that one. And then, so I've got it in my inbox to review the recording. Oh, it's a meetup. Yeah, we did a monthly okay. meetup. Uh, Tracy hosted that one uh, with Dr. Lloyd and, and it's available to rewatch the replay. Very so cool. I'll send that along to you, Kevin, if you don't have it, yeah. so you guys can watch that together and get a sense of you know what you might, what you might use for that. But um, even cool. if you're not in a phase of practice where you're thinking about having an associate or planning for that, it's a good idea to just get acclimated to these conversations so that you can be thinking and projecting that into the future. Um, because like Drew uh, helped you with becoming, you know, dialed in with what you really want and where it fits and the reasons behind it and the motivations and the details. I mean, all that stuff is you know, super important. So uh, any, uh, all the information you can gather to sort of round about the conversation, I think is important. So absolutely. Cool. Anything else that you'd like to uh, add to the conversation or wrap up with before we finish for today? Um, I would just like to thank all the Blair doctors that have made uh, my associateship possible. Dr. Drew, Dr. Hafer, Dr. Tomp, Dr. Schulten. I mean, there was five or six people that uh, that I, I contacted and um, I took their compensation plan from one person um, and so much more, it was just tidbits I took from everybody. And so to have as many upper cervical docs on your team as that you can just text or call is, uh, that's as rewarding as it gets. So I would definitely start building relationships. So, uh, you know, yeah. you guys can do the same. Yeah. The family tree, right. The Blair family yeah. tree, it's kind of branches yeah. out and there's all these different, you know, connections and they all, I'll go to a common source, which is, you know, Dr. Blair, we appreciate the hard work that he did to develop this technique. So we could bring other folks into it, train them in it, have them be highly successful with patients, have a great life and practice, helping a lot of people with really fun work to do. So um, everybody from Dr. Blair on down and huge shout out to Tracy Jones, who's working really hard to support the membership with benefits and all those different things. So um, lots to be excited about, lots to be engaged with. Um, if you stumbled upon this and you're a chiropractor and not familiar with Blair, check out blairtechnique.com. There's professional development resources there. There's seminars that are always uh, coming up and going on in different parts of the country. Uh, there's resources that get you acclimated with what it's all about. Um, and you know, there's ways to get in touch with uh, Blair doctors. If you're for some reason a patient and you got uh, plugged into this conversation, check out blairchiropractic.com is where you can search the member directory and, and find the closest Blair chiropractor to yourself, to a friend in need, to a family member in need. And if you can't get access to those resources there, reach out uh, to any of the Blair doctors that you can, and we'll do our best to get you connected. But um, awesome. Well, thanks, Kevin. And if you guys haven't checked out the Expect Miracles podcast, uh, Dr. Peck has had how many interviews at this point? Like a couple hundred? I think 180 at this point. 180 interviews across a wide variety of topics in health and life and professional and personal development and success. Uh, some really, really cool uh, guests that you can check out there. So uh, subscribe to his podcast too. You're going to love it. And uh, we'll, we'll follow up on this conversation in a few years, maybe, and, and just see, you know, what's the full scale, you know, of, of where you were when we had the talk and then where you guys are later on. 
it would be very interesting. I plan on having a couple offices by that time. So we'll see. Uh, you heard we'll see it here it first. <laughs> so if you're looking for employment in West Orange, New Jersey, and the greater surrounding areas, get connected with Dr. Pekka. He's got the plan in place now for you to yes, be successful. Do. So you're awesome. All right. Well, thanks, John, Kev. Thank you so much for having me, man. You got it. We'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes and check the show notes for links to our hosts, guests, and other relevant information. And head on over to www.blairchiropractic.com to find out more about Blair Upper Cervical Chiropractic or to find a doctor close to you. If you're a chiropractor or healthcare provider, you'll want to look at www.blairtechnique.com for information on upcoming events, professional development resources, and some very useful online training modules. You can also find a link to make a charitable donation, which is greatly needed to advance research. Until next time, be well.